In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. As we again enter another new year, it's again a time to challenge ourselves a little bit in all sorts of different ways. Perhaps it might be how you're exercising or the way that you want to do it or other areas in your life that you may want to improve. And sometimes it means asking tough questions about ourselves. It's healthy to ask questions about ourselves that we normally wouldn't ask. So this morning gathered here in church, I think a healthy question for us to ask is, why do we come to church like we do? Why is it a regular part of our week? I suppose that we could all cite different reasons, such as we did it when we were kids, we watched our parents come to church regularly, and coming to church may help shape our children's moral values. Some might say, well, we have friends here at church, and it's a, a great place to get to know other people, to socialize. But as society continues to shift and become more and more ungodly, there will be less and less people who can say that they watch their parents go to church week in and week out. Fewer people can boast that they went to church as children. There are also, by the way, plenty of atheists who have good morals and teach their children proper behavior. Church is also diminishing as a place to find social activities. I brought it up in first service. When I was in college, I played the organ at Holy Ghost Lutheran Church in Milwaukee, and they had a bowling alley in the basement of their school. There were a lot of other churches in Milwaukee. By the way, it was a lot of fun, but the bowling alley is no longer there. It's defunct. So how does the church respond to a secular society with rapidly changing morals and even sometimes a world that is becoming hostile to Christianity. Well, the church has not always received the praise and honor from society. The church Catholic has not always been looked upon with favor by the government and those around it. We have plenty of examples from church history that demonstrate outright hostility toward Christ, the church, and the message it proclaims. In those times of persecution, amidst the world's denial of the holy things, the sacred, sacred things, the church still carried on. It still had a message, and there were people who gathered around altars, to hear an ordained man preach the gospel and to celebrate the Holy Eucharist. What was the dynamic that kept these people coming to church even when the world mocked their faith? I'm going to suggest that the reason that the saints gathered around the altar amidst persecution is the same reason that you and I gather around pulpit and altar each Lord's Day. In other words, there is one fundamental reason that is at the root of all of it. You may be able to cite all sorts of reasons why you come to church, but there is one predominant force. 
And this can be found in the Bible, in the Old and New Testament Scriptures. John the Baptist tells us what it is in our Gospel text this morning. John says these words, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon Jesus. I did not know him. But when he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. The fact is, John could not stop talking about Jesus after his baptism as he was revealed to him. John could not stop pointing to him and saying, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John says these incredible words. I did not know him. That's hard to believe considering John's mother and the Virgin Mary were relatives. So what does John mean by this? I did not know him. It must mean that John did not know Jesus was beyond a, beyond a reasonable doubt apart from the revelation of Holy Scripture, the Son of God. In other words, John's faith that Jesus was God didn't come from his own reason or his human speculation. He didn't simply put the pieces together. It was a gift, the miracle of faith given by the Holy Spirit through God's Word. John came to believe that Jesus was God because of revelation by the Holy Spirit. It came through a verbal word which John received from God. As God said to him, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. John, being a prophet, received this divine revelation from God and then he saw it come to pass before his very eyes. You see, the prophetic and apostolic approaching of faith is not the result of speculation or even careful investigation like the world likes to think. Secularists write books and movies to try to paint Christianity as a myth. By doing so, they demonstrate to the church that they have no idea what this is all about. Prophetic apprehending of the faith comes through the revelation of the Scriptures, which is a gift of the Spirit of Truth. John is telling us in our gospel that this is something that comes from heaven, and it's holy. Faith comes by God through entering our world and landing in our ears. John tells us, I did not know him, but I saw the dove descend on him and land upon him. St. Paul can't help come off the same way when he writes to the church at Corinth. I would encourage you to write read that first couple of chapters of 1 Corinthians. At one point, John says these words. Listen, when I came to you, fellow Christians, I didn't come to you with any extra fine speech or wisdom. While I was with you, I was determined only to know Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you weak and afraid with much trembling. When I spoke and preached, I didn't use clever talk to persuade you, but let the Holy Spirit and His power prove the tr truth to you so that your faith will not depend on men's wisdom, but on God's power. But we speak 
a wisdom to those who are ripe for it, a wisdom unknown to the world today and its rulers who pass away. Yes, we tell you about God's secret wisdom that was kept hidden, but that God planned before the world began for our glory. None of those who rule this world knew it. If they had known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But it is as the scriptures say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has thought of what God has prepared for those who love him. God has revealed it to us by his spirit, and the spirit finds out everything, even the deep things of God. No one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. This is what the world does not understand. Belief in Jesus Christ as our Savior comes not through worldly speculation. This salvation and faith comes outside of us by the power of the Spirit through His Word. The faith to which we all hold comes through preaching. So to get back to my question at the start, why do we come to church like we do? Why is this thing that we are doing we do? If you said something like John the Baptist did or St. Paul, then you are on to something. Holiness comes to us by God's Word. Today, that revelation comes to us through preaching. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He rose again from the dead for you. He did this all for you. You won't hear a voice thundering from heaven today like the prophets did nor will you have a road of Damascus moment like St. Paul did. For you and me, it comes through the Holy Scriptures. I'd like to tell you a little story that a pastor friend of mine told me this past week. He and a group of other pastors went out to lunch after a funeral, and they were all dressed in their clerical collars. It's always interesting when a group of pastors gathers together at a restaurant with their clerical collars. Happened to be on a choir tour one year. We walked into a uh, golf course on Sunday morning. Boy, that place cleared out quick. I suppose they all went to church. Let me get back to the story. There was this young waitress who came up to them and noticed they were all pastors. And of course, whenever pastors are gathered, people start asking questions about the faith. She happened to ask questions about Christianity. She knew that they were Lutheran pastors. So they began having a discussion along the way, and it came to find out that this young girl was not a Christian. However, somebody had introduced the scriptures to her, and she began reading the Bible. She came back after bringing the food to them, and she told them, she said, you know, I've been reading the scriptures, and I found out that I need to be baptized. And they asked her, why do you need to be baptized? And she said, because the scriptures tell me that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and that through baptism, I receive the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation, and I become a child of God. And then she went on to tell them why she read the Bible. She said she had been going through to college, and she was hearing all sorts of different stories and crazy things that just didn't make any sense she said it was all full of lies until I read the scriptures and realized that there was a, a different way, a better way, a holier way, the Christ way. Dear friends in Jesus, this is what Epiphany is all about. 
It's about God being made known to us in the revelation of Scripture. It happened to John the Baptist and Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Moses and Abraham and Zechariah and all the prophets. It happened to Peter and Paul and Luke and Mark and all the apostles. It happened to the saints who have gone before us in the faith. It happens to all people who hear the gospel, like this young waitress who I'm sure will be coming soon to receive the gift of baptism. It is here in God's house where we receive these, these gifts of forgiveness, life, and salvation. Something the world doesn't know about. It gives us a peace that surpasses all understanding. You've heard that message again today, that Jesus is the Christ. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, and it will continue to ring through this church and throughout the world, here at this holy table, Christ comes to you and delivers to you his very body and blood for your forgiveness, for your life and salvation. It's for a world that is dying and needs this hope, this comfort, and this assurance. Dear friends, this world needs to be epiphanized. To have Jesus made known to them. May you go forth as John the Baptist did, bringing them here to this house and saying, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. What a more joyous thing that we could do. May God give you that faith in Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith to Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. Amen.